Word of our God from Luke chapter 18. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad, because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we have had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. October 24, 2022. Luke 18, verses 18 through 30. You know, dependency is often spoken of, I think, in our culture as, as if it's a bad thing to be dependent on someone or something. Certainly, it, it can be a bad thing. Sometimes dependency can be abused or misapplied. You know, I remember hearing that if you feed birds, for example, you put out some sweets for a, a hummingbirds or put out seed, you're supposed to keep doing that because the birds become dependent on it. And if you miss a day or a week, those birds that were in your area that saw that as a continual source of food will trip up in that dependency and suddenly either starve or have to take flight and find a new home. Dependency can maybe be a bad thing, but what about when it comes to dependency on one who never fails and who is always good and who loves us so much? Dependency is actually the heart and core of what it means to have faith. So as we close our series looking at the disciples' plea, increase our faith, we finish by looking at faith calls for and is demonstrated in total dependency. We see that this morning as we look at Luke 18, as Jesus deals with a man who thought he needed really nothing. This man is someone who comes to Jesus having it all. If you look in the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, they record this man as being young. And here you see he's a ruler. And what you find out later on in the account is he's wealthy. So he has youth, he has power, he has prestige, he has it all. But he wants to make sure that everything is coming to him. 
what he must do to secure everything, including before God. So he comes before Jesus and says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know, a lot of people will approach Jesus this way as if he is some sort of spiritual account advisor. And to make sure that he's got all of his spiritual investments in the right place, he comes to this man to to know if he's doing all the right things. You see, no dependency, but rather looking to Jesus for advice on how he can better his portfolio before God. Jesus responds, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And don't, don't misunderstand, Jesus is not denying his divinity, but he's getting this man to think about where he stands in relation to what is truly good. The one who is absolutely good, our God. Jesus then outlines for this man his, his plan and how he has to lay out his portfolio if he's going to stand good before God. And this is the plan that you can be sure billions of people today set forth as, as their plan so that they can, as he says here, inherit eternal life, that is, enter into God's presence, be with him in joy and glory forever. Their plan on the last day is to fall before God and show him all that they've done. That's the plan, the, the spiritual plan people are depending on, to point to their own goodness before the only one who is truly good. And their plan is to list what they've done. So Jesus follows into that as he says, You know the commandments. You should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You should not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. It's a problem, though. The the man, as he hears this list, thinks what so many of us think. Well, that's pretty easy. I, I haven't killed anybody. Check that. But Jesus tells us, as he gets to the heart of the matter, if you hate anyone, you're guilty. Even if you have the the courage to carry out harm against them, just the thought of harm makes you guilty of murder. If that's what it means to keep that commandment, who is good? Do not commit adultery. The young man could probably pretty easily check that one off. He hadn't divorced any spouse or committed adultery with some affair. Maybe we could look at that and say, well, I haven't committed adultery. I haven't harmed anyone. When God says, have pure thoughts, who is good except God alone? Do not steal. I've, I've never really taken anything that I would consider stealing. But have you worked? Have you always put in the best effort? Have you always defended the possessions of others or sought their interest first? Who is good? You shall not give false testimony. Maybe this one is probably the easiest to break, isn't it? The one where maybe maybe it's true, but what you're doing is you're tearing someone down. When the Apostle Paul rightly says, let everything that comes out of your mouth be useful and for building others up. But what comes often out of our mouth builds us up, right? Maybe not others around us. Who is good? Honor your father and mother. Sure, those of you who are parents or grandparents can look back and say, that one's not kept. But look back in your life, right? How many of us have honored those in authority as we should? Not just obey, but honor. Who is good? 
while this young man thought he knew who was good. All these I have kept since I was a boy. He truly thought he was good before God of his own goodness. And this is the plan that so many depend on today. And the plan that we are tempted to start to rely on. That we can come before our God and say, I am good, I've kept these things, God. And then Jesus exposes where this man truly stands. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now why does Jesus tell him to do this? He doesn't tell other Christians to get rid of all their possessions. We see in Scripture there there were wealthy believers, men like Job, who was wealthy beyond compare in his time. Abraham was wealthy. Even Jesus' supporters, Joanna and Mary and others, were wealthy of their own means supporting Jesus. See, to, to have wealth is not wrong or bad. But to be controlled, consumed by that wealth is wrong. To use money to glorify God and to praise him is is good. And that's a godly thing if God has blessed you with wealth. But once that wealth starts to control you, then it becomes an issue. See, this man thought he was keeping the commandments, but Jesus turns it around. He hadn't even kept the first commandment as he was putting his possessions and his wealth that he relied on above his love of God. Who, as we saw earlier, we are to love with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. Don't we like to sometimes put in a little bit? And we also love wealth. Maybe you and I aren't as wealthy as this rich young man compared to people around us. But I think all of us have to say we are rich. You know, in this culture that we're reading about here in Jesus' time, it wasn't uncommon for people to have maybe, maybe just one set of clothes, maybe three if they were lucky. I can remember a time when I had a walk-in closet and I would walk into it and I would wonder, I don't have room anymore for my clothing in this half of the closet. Might be a familiar problem for some of us. We live in a, a wealthy society. And even the poorest among us must say that we have wealth and treasure that many cultures haven't had before us. And even as people say and forecast that the wealth is turning in a downturn, we cling to that wealth and that treasure as if it's our only hope. So Jesus has to expose the heart which is looking to the wealth and depending on the wealth of this world for this young man. And it opens the eyes of his disciples and it opens our eyes. Where have you put your heart The man was very sad when he heard this because it says he was very wealthy. So Jesus follows up how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Once again, Jesus isn't saying you have to sell your possessions, but he is saying look to your heart. If you have wealth, What position does that wealth hold in your life and in your heart? And if you think you're going to come before God relying on your own strength, watch out. He says it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for someone who has their heart set on wealth to enter God's kingdom. You know, some people will say that that camel through the eye of a needle was 
was maybe one of the gates in Jerusalem. And it was called the Eye of the Needle. And a camel could fit through, but it would be pretty hard. Well, that's not Jesus' point. In fact, that gate, it appears, came several decades after this was written. Jesus is making an extreme statement, an impossibility, a point which the disciples picked up on as they say, who then can be saved? That's the point. We are completely, utterly dependent on the mercy and grace of our God. If we come before him bringing our own things or our own efforts, we've missed what faith is really about. Faith means utter, complete dependence on God. And that's not a bad thing. The lesson that Jesus leaves us today as we look at the prayer, Lord, increase our faith, is we need to let go of every reliance of our own effort, of our own strength, of our own abilities. Let go of everything that holds on to our heart. And like the disciples say, who can be saved? So that we hear Christ say, what is impossible with man is possible with God. We cannot keep our hearts pure so that we have treasure in heaven. The treasures of this world cause us to break the first commandment, and who can say they've kept the rest? No one is good. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Who can be saved? With man, yes, it's impossible. With God, however, Jesus, the Son of God, the Holy One, did what we could never do. Can you picture him coming down, being born in human flesh, and never once breaking a command? He honored his father and mother perfectly for us. And for all the times that we had impure thoughts, or we gossiped, or we slandered, or the times where we put ourselves and our wealth first, he never once did, but in perfect righteousness, did what was impossible, lived a holy life. And here's how the impossible came about. The holy, sinless one gave that life for you and took all the guilt, all the weight, which shut you out from the inheritance of heaven and bore it himself on the cross. And you received the impossible gift of perfection from him. With God, it is possible. Maybe we might be tempted like the disciples in the following to think, Is it something we can really depend on? Can we really rely on Jesus for everything? Peter's kind of worried as he says, we've left everything to follow you, Jesus. And Jesus assures him, whatever you've lost in this life, home, family, parents, sisters, brothers, if you've lost it for the sake of my kingdom, you've gained everything. We have a totally dependable God who we can depend on for everything. We're kind of even more dependent than those birds that the feeder was taken away. We have no wings. But God puts out his hand and freely gives his people the gift of righteousness, the gift of eternal life. And he did what was impossible as he who died for us rose from the grave. And can you picture us entering, not through the eye of a needle, but entering into the gate of heaven an impossibility on our own, but with Christ, a free and perfect gift. What's left for us to do now? Well, 
Not much other than give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. And because of His goodness and His mercy, your inheritance awaits.